This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think we want to start with the quarterback. And, yeah. and I think that obviously this, to me, uh, editorialized for a moment, I, I think it's uh, somewhat predictable, the surge of excitement <laughs> over Justin Fields nationally. You see NFL Network was in town, you know, and I think the hype is going to be as big as you might expect, especially when one of the hosts is a Bears fan. You got Mike Greenberg on, on Get Up uh, predicting that Justin Fields is going to be the next – NFL superstar quarterback, which I think is something that is you you hear a lot from people outside of Chicago. Dan Orlovsky on the same network says that, you know, he expects an MVP caliber type of a season from Justin Fields. The hype is there, Dan. I worry about the expectation level. We go through this on a daily basis, on a pod by pod basis. But I wonder what you think and what the Bears think, frankly, of these expectations becoming outsized even before the first padded practice. Yeah, I'm glad you asked that because I think there's a deeper discussion to be had here. And I I will say that I had a conversation earlier in the week with someone inside the building who said that Justin is meeting the expectations of the people inside the building with his progressions, with the way he's going through things, with the way he's making improvements. That's all that really matters is they've set a bar for him. He's meeting that. Now, the bar that's set in the outside world is so far outside the realm of reality for the people that are operating inside the walls at 1920 football drive, that it kind of blows people's minds. It's like everyone has taken uh, a triple hit out of the helium tank and they're floating on air and nobody knows what to do with themselves. And Orlovsky saying, you know, MVP level. And I'm not sure what you said. Mike Greenberg says superstar, you know, this year, I, I mean, there are like eight stops between where Justin Fields ended 2022 and where MVP level quarterbacking in in the NFL is. So I don't know why we're trying to jump past all of them and skip all these checkpoints when there's so much more Justin has to prove. All right, let's start with this. Let's throw for 250 yards in two or three consecutive games. Let's set a modest goal there. Let's get to 10 career wins you know, as an NFL quarterback, before we start talking about MVP level production, the good news is the people inside the building here, Justin himself included in that, in that list are very grounded with where they are now and where they need to go and not getting caught up with a hype train. That is quite frankly, David, completely out of control right now. It's completely out of control right now. I think that's, that's a good way to put it. And I'm glad you you did provide a little context there because I think the other, the other thing that concerns me and it might be overstating it to say it's a concern, but I've noticed that, because of how many people get carried away in the expectations and the superstardom and how you have to, you know, it's, it's that extreme. 
when he is making maybe gradual progress or maybe has a bad day. And there have been a couple of them early on in practice. I think sometimes those are exaggerated too, almost because some of the people who you're hearing from observe this is like, oh, I thought he was supposed to be a Pro Bowl quarterback. Oh, he's not going to be a superstar. He can barely complete a pass down the field. And I think sometimes we get oh, we get too extreme in, in both directions. And you're right. What we have, I think, is, and I think we both agree here, a third-year quarterback with amazing potential but needs to do the little things uh, better and do simple better. And that that's where the Bears, I think, have done a nice job internally and at least projecting that from Luke Getze, from Matt Eberflus, even Ryan Poles, of, of not getting, not being part of this hype train. Yeah, right. And not being overly negative because he's not meeting expectations they didn't set for him. Right, exactly. Got to be careful there, and they yeah. have been. That, that That's a huge deal. And we'll hear from Luke Getze again this week. We'll play a couple of clips of, of things he said last week on today's episode. But we talked all last year about how um, – refreshingly grounded Luke is on an every single day basis and how valuable that is to a quarterback like Justin, who needs to understand what the day to day grind means to making the gradual improvement that is necessary to become the quarterback. He ultimately wants to become, but isn't yet. And so that's going to be fun to kind of, kind of watch Luke uh, describe it for us as we go one step at a time through this process and see where they go. Justin had a, a really rough practice on Monday. I'll be honest with you as you, you watch it and you go clunky, choppy, ordinary at best, whatever you want to call it. You see things happening in seven on seven where you go, that that can't happen. Now, big picture, I would tell you that, that I haven't seen anything that has blown my mind from a spectacular standpoint. And I haven't seen anything that is so worrisome where I'm saying, you know, unplug <laughs> all of the, the Justin Fields uh, praise and, and and get rid of it because it's all false. It, Justin is progressing here and he, he's been uneven and, and, he, and he's made some really nice plays at times and then followed with a period that's really shaky. And so, you know, you just have to, to, to again, go one step at a time. And it's the whole skipping eight steps thing that happens in the world today. That's just, it's crazy. I mean, David, you can go through Twitter any single night and find, uh, you know, a clip of, of a play that Justin made in practice floating around social media and then have people interpreting it as he is the next Tom Brady. And, and, and it's it's wacky from that perspective. But there are a lot of things here that Justin's working on. And Luke has talked about some of those. Um, I'd like to start with kind of what, what Luke told us uh, before we got into padded practices when he was trying to um, – basically assess where Justin was without the pads on and was asked a question last week about kind of his footwork and rhythm and what that looked like and whether that was better in year two in the system than he saw at the end of last year. And here was Luke with that quote. I think, yeah, naturally he would, he should, right? And he does. Um, and I expect it to be that way. I think it's just the, when I say that, I just, there's that element of, uh, the pocket that has to move and change a lot more when there's a real rush. And so those are the, that's playing this position at the highest level when you're able to manipulate the pocket, not necessarily always scramble, but manipulate for an angle of a throw or anything like that. So that's what I'm more talking about. So David, I, I think that's super notable because one of the things that we've talked about since last January is trying to see the progress that Justin is going to make and is making in a noisy pocket. How does he operate? How decisive is he? How can he kind of stay uh, within the rhythm and timing of the passing game when there is, as Luke called it, there a real rush. Now we're not going to get a real, real rush until September, but now that the pads are on and they're going to start to amp up some of the intensity with the, with the defensive lineman rush against offensive linemen, there's going to be more clutter back there. There's going to be more traffic. There's going to be more noise. And so as we're gauging Justin's pocket poise and his ability to, to be calm and decisive from within there, this is going to be the next 
next step of saying, okay, does it look better than it did a year ago? Does it look better than it did a week ago? And see where he goes from there. I think that's what underscores the importance of what they did in the offseason. When you have a young quarterback kind of figuring out what he can and can get away with or how to recalibrate the, the clock in his head and when to get rid of the football and when to step up and when to step around and when to throw the ball in time on time. We're always talking about that. I think it helps to have veteran receivers who can make, you know, maybe a throw that might be a tick off look like a completion. And that's why I think DJ Moore means so yeah. much to this quarterback. And so the, the it's good to hear and to see and to, you know, that's the kind of hype you do like to see where, boy, Justin Fields and DJ Moore, they're hanging out together. They're finishing each other's sentences. They have a chemistry that's really good. Fine. Because you know what? That's a shared that, – that's the shared responsibility, and that's a relationship worth developing. And I think it's one that will help Justin Fields progress at a more – normal rate because he's got a veteran receiver this year he didn't have a year ago. I'll give you two highlights from Tuesday's practice that sort of showcase the the fields to more connection. The first one was early on in practice and, and DJ Moore ran a slant and was pretty well covered by Jalen Johnson and, and Justin Fields threw a fastball. Might have been a tick high, but r- r- a little bit above DJ's helmet and it's a difficult catch. And DJ absolute amazing grab with the hands, you know, just a, a hands catch above his helmet and in stride got into the clear, you know, and you hear the oohs and ahs from, from the bleachers at Hallis Hall where you go, man, that's a big time play. That's a big league play that they weren't capable of making a year ago because they didn't have that type of uh, weaponry, right. And, and that type of firepower, both from the quarterback and the receiver. Then at the end of practice, at the end of a two minute drill that was kind of bumping up and down, Justin gets out of the pocket, breaks the pocket, makes an off script play. And at the end of it appeared to me kind of like one of those Mahomes, like no look throws to DJ Moore in the end zone and completes a two minute end of half situational drill with a touchdown pass to DJ Moore. And you say, okay, that's, that's a quarterback using his gifts when the play that was drawn up doesn't work out and his receiver knowing exactly where to be to make that happen in a scramble drill. So those are two things that that are are an absolutely undeniable uh, evidence to what this connection is. This connection is meaningful. It should be very significant to where the Bears passing offense goes in 2023. And hopefully we see little by little every single day more and more of that so that when you get into the regular season and the Bears are playing the Packers and it's the fourth quarter and it's third down and the Bears need to move the six, you know that Justin has that trust in DJ and he's going to go there with the ball and DJ is going to make it, make it right and they're going to move the chains and they're going to go get done what needs to get done. One plus two equals six. That's the new Bears (laughs) math this year. You heard something else from Luke Getze that stood out to you for what reason? Well, look, like we've spent months talking about rhythm and timing, rhythm and timing, rhythm and timing. We're going to keep hearing that from the coaching staff. And really what Luke has sort of alluded to a a handful of times is how – Justin getting sort of that ballet like feel with his feet is going to help his clock, you know? And so it's all about kind of that, that whole synchronization of all the things that go into this. We talked last week about the Netflix documentary quarterback and understanding the complexity of the position. I thought this was a, a, a nuanced little description of what a quarterback has to understand as he's going through his reads against the defense that's coming to take his head off. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's a critical part of playing the position. I think is is that uh, you know your feet take you through your progression and your timing. And so if your feet are telling you it's time to move on to the next guy, then it's time to move on to the next guy. And then if he's open, then you got to throw it to that guy and, and and continue through your progression. And then when things break down and you can't stay in that rhythm, that's when you know the best become the best. You know, and so I think that's just a different part of the game. But but the other part is super important too. 
I don't think Kirk Cousins could have put that any better on quarterback on Netflix. Right. Right. You know, and, and like, like I made a suggestion on Twitter uh, last week that, that that series needs to get a QB two somewhere along the lines because that that whole lifestyle is a different thing. But I could listen to Luke talk about this stuff all day long because it is very to the point. It is very specific. It is very detailed. It helps you understand what goes on in these situations. Look, David, I saw in a seven on seven session today. Uh, multiple times where, where, where Justin's just double clutching. He's holding, he's holding, and you're like, this is seven on seven. This is target practice. It's got to be boom, 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 balls out. And there was one particular rep where the ball never came out of his hands. And in seven on seven, that's like the the, the cardinal sin. You know what I mean? Either either you get through your reps and, and you take a chance and you fire it somewhere or you put it, you know, and this was a red zone seven on seven session. You put it through the goalposts and you just say, I'll live to f- fight another day. But to, after 11 seconds back there still have patting the ball and holding it and it, that can't happen and so these are the things where the footwork and the timing and the rhythm they all have to to kind of work together and move in the right direction